Hi there, and thank you for tuning in to the following message provided by Renew Church. We pray that this message will be a blessing and encouragement for you. For more information about our church, please visit www.renew.miami. His breath in our lungs. The reason we live is because of His breath in our lungs. We're the only only part of creation that has the breath of God in us. No animal, nothing else has the breath of God, but you and I have the breath of God. And because of that, we have to pour out our praise. Because of that, we have to exhale everything that he has put into us. Because of his breath in our lungs, our, our words have to be the words of God. They can't be this hate, anger, and bitterness, and cursing, gossip. Because it's his breath in our lungs and you can't spew you can't breathe out you can't put that kind of things in God's breath so God forgive us when we do help us to remember how significant this is and to pour out our praise in everything we do we love you Lord we thank you for this time we thank you for this worship in Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people said together, amen, amen. You may be seated. Let's give our worship team a round of applause this morning. Amen, amen. And uh, they're going to make their way to their seats, but Steph is going to join me up front, front and center for just a minute. So grab your microphone, Steph. And uh, how's everybody doing? You guys feeling good? Amen, amen. Awesome, awesome. I told the, uh, I told the, the uh, Renew crew when we were su- finishing our setup and we kind of have like a little huddle, huddle right before we, uh, we um, gather for, you know, the service. And I said, let's, let's clap. And I'm like, I really don't know why you clap. But it's hard to clap when you're mad, right? Have you ever tried it? Like, just try it. Like, next time you get really mad at somebody, if you start clapping, you're just going to smile a little bit. You're probably going to feel a little silly doing it. But you're like, that's why we do it. We clap. All right? So give a clap for whatever reason, right? Now try to frown. Try to frown. You can't do it. It's impossible. See? Amen. Amen. Steph, it's good to have you. Is your mic on? Hello. Yes, it is. How you feeling? Good. All I'm right. Nervous. Awesome. Awesome. So Steph, Steph is uh, our, our fearless, one of our fearless worship leaders, but she really is the engine behind what makes uh, Renew Worship happen every single week. And um, Steph, I, I, uh, I, I just thought about this as we're continuing in this message series. We're talking about worship today. Our message series, message in the series this morning is called It It Starts With Worship. And so before I even preach my word and preach what, what I feel like the Lord has put on me, I, I want to ask you this question. What what does worship mean to you? Well, um, worship, I think, well, for me personally, worship is where I feel the most free and the most like myself, like my true self. And um and worship to me is just, a, it's a lifestyle. It's, it's not just a song that you sing on the stage. It's not like raising your hands like on a Sunday morning. It's like, it is a lifestyle. It is, 
you submitting your life to God every single moment, every single day. Um, and it's, worship is everything. It's our actions. It's our responses to people. It's um, what we choose to do um, in our spare time. Like, it's everything. Yeah. And um, I really don't think that anything can function, like, fully unless you you understand that, that everything that you do is worship to God. It's bringing glory to his name. It's um, letting other people know that there is a God and that he loves you. And even in just the way that you respond to people and, and um, yeah, it's how you are. It's, it's all worship. Amen. Amen. And I see that in you. Like, it's so funny, especially when you first started uh, leading us back, you know, several months ago. I act like it was so long ago, you know, like a whole three months ago or six months ago, whatever it was, right? But um, when we first started uh, in January and February, um, you would be one way when you were behind the microphone and just singing. You would be like, you would just worship and, and, and you would just be so natural and so comfortable. But then in between those songs, I'd be like, Steph, hey, can you like lead us in the next thing or say something or could you remind people to sit down or do something and, and that was when you would get awkward right it yes. would be that moment when it's like still am still am super awkward <laughs> it's really getting better though right isn't she getting even better at that but it's super cool yeah for sure if you would say one thing to someone that would answer the question why does why does this matter like for a person that Maybe they, they haven't grown up, and you've gone to, like, the school of worship. You went to Bethel where, like, worship is like, I don't know, it's, it's uh, I don't want to use the wrong word, but it's, it's, yeah. a, it's a place where a lot of people go to experience uh, really powerful worship. Yeah. If, for somebody here, though, that may, this is all foreign to them, what would you say to them? Why does this, why does this matter? Why does worship matter? Yes. Or just why, 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 does, why does singing matter? Why is okay. what we do uh, on Sunday mornings uh, before the word is preached, why does it matter? Why do we sing? Um, I think that one thing that I always remember and I try to remind myself when I'm worshiping or even if I'm like at home and I'm just like trying to just forget all my issues and just like worship God. And I think that um, the scripture that says... Um, that the Lord delights in us and that he rejoices over us in song. And some, some versions say um, melodies, like he rejoices over us with melodies. Sometimes when I worship, I'm like, oh my God, like the, the melody that I'm singing right now, the spontaneous moment that I'm having with God, like that could be like a melody that God's rejoicing over me with, you know? So I think it's super important because it shows like how connected we are to God, that he's not like far away, that he's so close. And, um, and yeah, and it doesn't matter how capable you are of singing or a talent or anything, just the fact that like you can like die to yourself and just like, just sing praises to him and worship him, no matter who's in the room, no matter who is watching you, just do it to him. That's what it's all about because that's why we were created. We were created to bring glory to God. We were created because he loves us. And so we give that back to him because that's, it's in our DNA. Like, it's who we are, you know? Amen. Amen. Yeah. We could go home right now. I mean, you just <laughs> preached my message, Steph. Ha, really? Give her a round of applause. <laughs> <Sorry>. That's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. Stephanie, I just want you to know how grateful I am for you 
And uh, if I start naming all the names, like uh, we only had Danny and Justin this morning. Tomorrow uh, night of worship, it's going to be a pretty full band with everybody and they're preparing and and it's going to be a full like we don't have that time schedule where it's like hey could you just do three songs one song and then one song and be done at the end so we can you know be out in time to get the school back this is going to be a, a from 7 30 it'll probably last about a good um 7 30 to 9 or just a little bit before but it's going to be powerful it's going to be worship and uh you don't want to miss it tomorrow night at Miami First Church. Address is on the car, just two miles from here. And uh, man, we hope that you come and invite some people. Maybe maybe have friends that go to another church on Sundays, but they're not anywhere on Mondays. Bring them out for this. It's just going to be a powerful, powerful time. All right? Thank you very much, Steph. And uh, let's give her a round of applause as she goes back. Okay. So we've been in this series, and, and uh, it started last week, and, and it will continue for the next several weeks. Uh, answer the question of why we do what we do. It's called This Is Us. And it's answering the question of uh, who we are, what we're passionate about. And we're trying to use scripture and local context to introduce our core values that we're seeking to grow with and around. These are the things that make Renew, Renew. I mean, yes, uh, we're Christian. Yes, we follow the word of God. Yes, we, uh, um, you know, we, we're trying to raise our kids up uh, to, to teach them all the things of Jesus, but let's get more specific in that and talk a little bit about here's what Renew Church is about. I want to start this message with the title. This is the main point and the title, so it's really easy to remember. And again, as Mikey tells you every week, you can follow it along on Version. More events, you click the events tab and Renew Church is there in your Version Bible app. Uh, but we were created for worship. And so our message this morning is as we start with worship. Because we were created with, for worship, we start with worship. Everything on earth was created to glorify God. Genesis chapter 1 says this, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty, and darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. So in the beginning, there was nothing. In the beginning, it was just a big formless nothingness, and you can imagine the way that looked before. But then God said he wanted to do something, and he began to create, because God is a creator, and that's where we get our personalities. That's where we get our, our uh, unique qualities to be able to be artistic, or be able to sing, or to be able to do different types of things that other people can't do, because God, we are made in the image and likeness of God, and so we have this creativity. So God says, I'm going to create, and he creates on day one, the heavens and the earth, and on day two, the sky, and on day three, the land and the plants, and day four, the stars and the sun and the moon, and I know I'm going fast, but day five, the fish and the birds, and day six, he creates animals and man. All of these things, when he creates them, he said, and it was good, and he said it was good because it was made to glorify God. It wasn't just a picture that he painted that would just sit up on his wall in his big house. He painted these things. He, he created these things to give glory back to God. Here's what it said on day six, specifically on Genesis chapter one. And you can read the entire account in Genesis chapters one through three. But I'm kind of um, uh, overviewing this a little bit. Genesis chapter one, verse 26. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness. So that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky. I want to just highlight this just for a second. This is a teaching moment, just a side point. But he says, let us make mankind in our image, 
And, and, and if you ever read that and you wonder, did the, 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 the writers make a mistake? No, they didn't make a mistake. That's the original Hebrew of the text. But that is meaning that they were, even from the beginning, God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's where the Holy Trinity, we know for sure, is even verified from in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. You were created in the image of God. And God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. So he says, you're in charge. This is your dominion mandate. You're, you're, you're the one that's going to rule over these things as mankind. And then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds in the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has the breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food, and it was so. And all the vegetarians said, amen. <laughs> Everybody else is like, what about me? I'm saying, what about me? Go to Genesis 9 and you can find out more because God opens the door for us to eat of the meat. But it was so. And at that time, for Genesis chapter 1, that he said, I give every green plant for food, and it was so. God saw that he made all that he had made, and it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning the sixth day. Okay, so I'm flying through. As I say, I'm giving you an overview on the creation account and then the story of Adam and Eve. Genesis chapter 2, starting at verse 4. This is the account of the heavens and the earth. When they, when they were created, when the Lord God made the heavens earth in the heavens. Now no shrub had yet appeared on the earth, and no plant had yet sprung up. For the Lord God had not sent rain on the earth, and there was no one to work the ground. But streams came up from the earth and watered the whole surface of the ground. Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. You see it there? And breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. Remember, you have the breath of God in you. You have the life of God breathing and living inside of you, unlike any other creature on this earth. Verse 15, I'm flying through. The Lord God took the man, and he put him in the garden to work it and to take care of it. Sometimes we think, uh, man, before the fall, when God created everything, everything just worked out. Everything was just perfect. But according to this verse right here, God took the man and put him in the garden to work it and to take care of it. But there's a little bit of a difference from what's going to happen in the next few verses from what happened at this point. When you work the ground before the fall of man, when you worked it, the work was good. It felt good. It was one of those moments in, and maybe you have some of these days, where it's just like everything is going right. Everything that you do produces. Everything that you touch comes together. It's the opposite of me when I try to do anything handy. Like if I get a screwdriver in my hand and I try to start making something, somehow I'm going to like strip the screw. Somehow I'm going to hit my hammer, my hand on my hammer, the thumb on the, the hammer, the nail. I can't even say it right. Like uh, it's just the way I am when it comes to handy mandy stuff, right? That's the way it is. But before the fall... There was work, but even in our work, there was worship. You see, we were created for worship even 
in our work. But then we scoot ahead to Genesis chapter 3. And in Genesis chapter 3, it says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. You will not certainly die. The serpent said to the woman, For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw the fruit of the tree, and it was good for food and pleasing to the eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and she ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. And then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together. And they made coverings for themselves. Verse 8, it says, Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God walking as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord among the trees of the garden. And the Lord called to the man, Where are you? Where are you? It wasn't like that before. There was no shame There was no uh, hiding from God. There was no covering yourself. But when they did that, when they made that decision to follow the, the advice of the serpent and eat of the fruit, the one thing of everything that God said you can do and you have control over and you get to name the animals and this is your place, this is the one thing not to do. Because they followed that, everything changed. And they felt shame. And they hid from God, and God comes to commune with them. God's walking through the garden, and he's looking for his creation. And he's like, where are you? You think they really were able to hide from God? No. Just like you and me, we can't hide from God. Like, we can hide our face, but it's like the little baby that wants to hide his face, and he thinks he's hidden, and then all of a sudden, boom, there you are. No, God knows exactly where you are. But when God's saying, where are you? I think what he's saying is, is where are you in relationship to me? Adam, Eve, where are you in relationship to me? You see, before the fall, our worship was greater than our work. We were created for worship, and and it, it overflowed into everything we did. But after the fall, after Adam and Eve took of that fruit and ate of that fruit and disobeyed God, work became greater than worship. After that moment in time, life went from worship to work, and and work became greater than our worship. We actually began to worship our work. This is why we work 18-hour days, and when we do that, it's a medal of honor, isn't it? You've done that before, right? Oh, man, I just put in 80 hours this week, and people are like, whoa, I only worked 50. I'm a loser, you know? Like, that's the thing that sometimes we do. I personally sometimes feel bad if I take a day off. And why is that? Just to have a little bit nicer lifestyle or a little bit more pay? Like, really, is it worth it? So you can have a pool that nobody wants to swim in? So that you can drive a car that's three years newer but still does the same exact thing that the last one did? So you can buy your kid a phone that causes them to talk to you even less? Like, what's the reason 
What's the purpose of all the work? But that's what we do. It's because we went from worship to work. And we were created for worship. To Adam in verse 17, he said, Because you listened to your wife and you ate from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat from it. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you will eat food from it. In other words, it was work before, but it wasn't painful. It wasn't toil. But all of a sudden, because of this, through painful toil, you will eat food from it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food until you return to the ground, until you become plant food. Since from it you were taken, for dust you are, and dust you will return. You see, before we were under a blessing and we were under the provision and God just made the plants to grow and he brought the, 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 the river to, to water the plants and everything was done for us. But then we came under the curse and under the curse all of these things had to come and they had to come by our sweat, by our work, by our pain and by our toil. But that's not the end of the story. In Genesis chapter 4, we see how Adam made love to his wife. She became pregnant. She gave birth to Cain, and she said, With the help of the Lord, I brought forth a man. And later she gave birth to his brother Abel. And Abel kept flocks. And I don't think these guys had this on the screen, and I apologize, gentlemen. This came uh, a little later than when I sent that to you. Now, Abel kept flocks, and Cain worked the soil. Abel kept the flocks, so Abel was like a, a shepherd, and Cain was a farmer. He worked the soil. And in the course of time, Cain, verse 3, Genesis 4, brought some, key words, some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. And Abel, his brother, also brought an offering, fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. And the Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and on his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry. And his face was downcast. I don't know if you heard it, but I want to make sure I emphasize it to where you get it. Cain brought some of the, what he had of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. But Abel brought the firstborn. Abel brought the first of what God had given to him. And the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. So God has this conversation with Adam's son. He's talking to him and he's saying, listen, what's, what's the deal? Why are, why are you so angry about this? Make the right decision. But if you make the wrong decision, sin is literally waiting behind the door to destroy you. So the next generation had already forgotten. One generation to the next, they had already forgotten what worship is all about. Adam wasn't pursuing the next generation. Adam wasn't passing this on to his kids. His kids didn't know what they were supposed to do. And because just one generation later had forgotten, his son, Cain, brought an offering with a half heart and for the wrong reason. And because he brought an offering with a half heart, and for the wrong reason, he says, just here's a little bit of fruit. Here's a little bit of what I had from my crop. He had the wrong heart of worship towards God. And it led to the wrong heart towards his brother. And because of it, 
Sin was crouching at the door. And when God saw the good that Abel did and, and the bad that Cain had done, Cain became jealous. And his jealousy led to his own brother's murder. It's hard to believe that something as simple and as little as that leads to something as terrible as killing your brother. But I share all this to share with you that, to ask you this question, what does your offering look like? When we talk about worship, when we talk about bringing our best to God in adoration to God and in, in just lifting up the name that's above every other name, like what does it look like? Does it look more like Cain's where it's like, God, here's, here's this, but this is all I got for you. Or is it like Abel's and you're saying, God, I'm giving you the very best of all that I have. And as Steph said, we're not just talking about singing here. We're not just talking about the three songs before the sermon. We're not just talking about uh, the, the, uh, w- whether we can carry a tune or not. We're talking about in your entire life, what does your offering of worship look like? What is it to God? The bad news is, is on your own, it's not enough. Because of the fall, because of what our ancestors did, because of Adam and Eve, on your own, it's not enough. And you're always going to have to work. You're always going to have to toil. You're always going to have to suffer. There's always going to be challenges because of what happened thousands of years ago. The bad news is on your own, it's not enough. But the good news is Jesus came as the perfect offering. So that when your offerings aren't enough, Jesus is enough. Amen? So that when your offerings and your worship just doesn't feel like it's sufficient, Jesus is sufficient. You see, Jesus died to take away our sin, but also to take away our guilt and our shame. He, took, he, he died not just for our sin, and, and that's great. We love that, and we pray that, and we believe that. But not only so that when God looks at us, he says, this is my son who is free of sin, but he's also free of guilt and free of shame. So that when you, not, not just when God looks at you, but when you look at you, you can say, no longer do I have to feel this way. No longer do I have to feel like I'm a failure. Because when God looks at me, he doesn't just see me. He sees Jesus and his life shed for mine. We went from creation, created for worship. We went from this is why God made us to the fall. And a life full of sweat, pain, and toil, all because of some really bad decisions, to redemption. The perfect offering because of what Christ did, because of what you see that we celebrated even this morning, because of the the sacrifice of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we can be redeemed. But not just redeemed, but also renewed and restored. You see, it's the great exchange that God offers to us. In Ephesians chapter 2, this is what it says. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh 
and following its desires and thoughts. And like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath because of that sin nature that was in us, that was inherited from Adam and given and passed on to us, all of us gratifying that and following his desires, were by nature deserving of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourself. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So we went from the creation. This is why we do what we do. This is why all of creation does what it does. And, and the birds still get it. The trees still get it. All of creation, everything else living besides us, humankind, humanity, everything else still gets it. When you wake up in the morning, you hear those birds chirping. They're not just chirping. They're singing praise to God because that's what they were created for. Everything else in creation knows what it was made for, but because of our ancestors, because of the fall, because of that decision that was made, we have become fallen people. And we've stopped worshiping God and we began working for ourselves and finding work as a new God. And it f fell into a life of sweat and pain and toil. But because of Jesus, there is redemption. Because of Jesus, there's a new offering. Because of Jesus, there is the opportunity to be redeemed, but not just redeemed, renewed and restored. 2 Corinthians 5, Renewed Church's verse uh, that we kind of live by is 5.17. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. So I, I want you to literally, when you think about becoming a new creation in Christ, wiping out those things of the past, wiping out the sin, the guilt, the shame, and everything that you feel from pre-Christianity, pre-faith, and saying, you know what, maybe I did some horrible things when I was a young person, or maybe even yesterday, but because of Jesus, I'm a new creation, as if I was brand new created. And when God sees me, he sees Jesus. Jesus is the great exchange, taking away our sin, taking away our shame, and taking away all of our guilt. And we're created, we're taken back to what we were created for, to start with worship. To start with worship. To start with worship becomes an overflow of everything we do. I want you guys to watch this video. It's a rather lengthy, it's about a five or six minute video. And uh, man, I, I just want you to see this as we conclude this message this morning.
Come on, Steph. stuff comes in and around us. I don't have to explain the video. You get it. But man, Jesus came to redeem us. Jesus came to break chains, to set us free, to dance with us. Jesus came so that we could be in relationship with him, so that we could worship him, so that all this other stuff, this peripheral out on the edge stuff can be pushed back and we can be made again for what we were made for which is to worship he wants that for you and if all it's been is work if all it's been is the struggle if all it's been is that dollar or that uh, that beauty or that drug or that alcohol or that that appearance or or just whatever it is just trying to to impress somebody that you don't even like man Jesus wants to help you break chains today he wants to set you free today he wants to dance with you today he wants to make you a new creation today it's not a process yeah there's a sanctifying work that happens over time but salvation is a day it's a moment it's a decision where I say yes all you have to do is say yes I give you my life so we're going to sing a song I don't even know the closing song but whatever it is if you want to come and pray come and pray let's let God do what he wants to do in your hearts and in your lives let's begin today with worship stand together on your feet and if you want to come come forward but either way worship like you were created to
Praise God. God is good, amen? Amen. You're his creation. And because you're his creation, you are good. And he wants to redeem you. He wants to bring you back. If you can put yourself in the shoes of that little girl in that screen and there's something grabbing onto you, it's a decision. It's a decision. It's not a process. It's a decision right then and right there that you would say, Jesus, take the chains, break the chains, set me free. I want to be in communion with you. I want to be in relationship with you. I'm not saying that once you make the decision, there's not still going to be temptation and struggle and the battle because it could still happen, but we're with you and we walk with you. But it's the momentary decision where you just say immediately, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I need you. I need you to break those chains in my life. Whatever that is, whatever that thing is, man, you were created for worship. Let's go back to worship. Let's start with worship again. Stop worshiping these things, these idols of sex or drugs or money or uh, self-worth. Like, all of it's rubbish. The Bible says, man, it's all going to rust. It's 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 going to go away. We're dying every day. The only thing that's going to live is our soul, our spirit, and we can be able to be aligned with Him, connected with Him, if we would just make that decision. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're saying this morning, Pastor, I need to break some chains today. I'm not going to make you come up front. I'm not going to make you come forward or anything else. But if you just say, Pastor, I want to break a chain, and I'm making that decision today, would you just lift your hand right where you're at? Would you lift your hand? I see your hands. see your hands. These rows on my right, all over on my right. I see this hand on my left. Anyone else? Anyone else? See some in the back. Praise God for you. Praise God. Put your hands down. Maybe in a room like this, there would be some or someone, even if it's just for one, that you've never made that decision, that personal declaration, Jesus, your Lord. And you've found that you've put other things on the, on the, on the throne of your heart. Like there's only one throne in your life and you've put something else there. You know, Jesus wants to be the throne. He wants to be Lord of your life. He wants to be on that throne. Today you can take whatever it is off and you can put him on. You can just say, Lord Jesus, I declare you as my Lord and my Savior. Forgive me of my sins and come into my life and make me brand new. If that's you today and you want to make that decision, Again, it's just a decision. It's a one-time moment, and then God begins this renewing work in you. But if that's you, would you just raise your hand with every head bowed and eye closed? If it's just for one, praise God for you. I see your hand, ma'am. Anyone else? Anyone else? Yeah, let's give that person a round of applause. Praise God. Praise God. We're praying with her. Let's pray with her. And uh, even as I pray this out loud, would you pray with my friend? And and you can put your hand down, uh, person, and... And uh, But just pray this prayer. Repeat it with me. Let's repeat it together. This is a prayer that we pray in faith, accepting Jesus as our Savior and Lord. Lord Jesus, I thank you for sending your son <laughs> to die for me. I said Lord Jesus anyway, but if you missed it. Forgive me of my sins. Come into my life and make me brand new. I thank you that because Jesus died... I can live. I can be set free. I can be forgiven. And my guilt and my shame and my sin can be washed away. 
I praise you and I declare you as my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And I want you to know, let's give that person a round of applause again. I want you to know, hey, listen, when Jesus looks at you, when the Heavenly Father looks at you, better yet, when God looks at you, He doesn't see your guilt, so stop looking at it. He doesn't see your shame, so stop looking at it. He doesn't see your sin, so stop looking at it. You know what He sees? He sees Jesus and Him crucified. He sees His only Son, the one that He was his everything he sees him sacrificed and when he looks at you he looks with joy he looks with pride he looks with love and he's so proud of you so walk with him all the days of your life and let him help you through whatever challenges you face for everyone else man just let's let's be set free and every day every week it's the first day of the week it's sunday we celebrate the lord's day and we worship on this day because it's the first day of the week let's start with worship and every morning let's start with worship and when we start the car let's start with worship and when we go to work let's check in with worship and when we start this service let's start with worship when we eat let's start with worship praying before everything we do let's start with worship tomorrow night 7.30 is a perfect practical application. Monday night, it's all worship. Maybe a little bit of word, but not much. All worship. Inspired worship. How many of you are going to be here? I need them to know so that they will show up and they'll bring their very best. How many are going to be here tomorrow? Come on, man. Don't make an excuse. I need you all to be here tomorrow. It's going to be power. Not here. Over there. Come tomorrow. Bring somebody with you. It's going to be powerful. Praise be to God. Mikey, Come. Give it up for our pastor and leader, Pastor Trevor, for delivering a super powerful word this morning. After hearing this message this morning, there's something that God just kind of spoke into my heart. And it's an aspect of our culture that I don't think gets addressed enough, especially in the church. And social media is a place where there's a lot of worshiping going on. But there's not a lot of worshiping towards God on there. So I challenge us as the church and as the body of Christ to worship God through that. And I'm not saying it's you have to put up a Bible verse every single day, but I'm saying you really have this conversation with God and you say, God, how can I worship you through this? It's a part of our lives, guys. It is. It's a part of our culture. Social media, it's there. But you look and it's pictures of of people trying to glorify themselves or glorify their product or glorify anything else that isn't God. And I challenge us as a people to be to be just the hands and feet in Christ when it comes to this. So that when people see our pages, they say, man, what does that person have in their life? What, what is that that they're worshiping? And then when they see you, it matches what's on your social media page. It's not a facade. It's not something that you're trying to just create. It's the truth that Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. And everything that we do is for his glory. For his glory. So I challenge us as a church to be bold out there and proclaim Jesus on our social medias. And as we wind down this service, this is, this is the time, the part of our service. We worship God through the giving of tithes and offering. So let's pray for that now. God, I thank you for, for just your presence, God. I thank you for your son, Jesus, who died for our sins, God. I thank you, Lord, for... For this person, this this brother or sister in Christ who gave their life to you this morning, God. The, The heavens are praising right now, Lord. It's a party up there, God. 
We are so thankful for what you've done in this place, Lord. I pray that you bless this offering, God, that you bless the people here, Father. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to praise your name, Father. I pray for worship night tomorrow, God. I pray for all the things this church is doing, Lord, and all the churches in South Florida, Father. It's in your mighty and powerful name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, everybody. Have a great Sunday. You're dismissed.